The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. My co-host, Terry Jackson. You there, Terry? I'm here, love. Yeah, we got one of those days, you know, and uh, you know what's funny, Terry, is you know, when Tebow does bad, Galen calls in 10 minutes after, but he was the first one to call in on the show. Are you there, Galen? I'm, I'm here, man. I'm here. Isn't that amazing, Terry? That is. <laughs> I always call in whenever I can. Well, well Galen, you know, uh, me and Terry talked um, actually yesterday, you know, but um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm, I'm at work, so... You know, one thing I want to say is I still feel he's not a quarterback. What he did to Pittsburgh was amazing, you know, and hats off to him. But, you know, I got to say Pittsburgh just disgraced me. You know, you agree with that, Terry? Well, a little bit I do. And, and when, when I knew Pittsburgh had some injuries, I thought that Denver had a chance to win that game. Um, without a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, without their main running back, Mendenhall, um, I think their center was out. I mean, they're offensively they were hurting a little bit. Now, you know, it, injuries can be an excuse or or or, or not. Um, Denver has a good defense, and the defense held them. So, I mean, it, it gave them the opportunity to, to to go into overtime, and it was anybody's ball game from there. You, you know, Gavin, before you talk, I know you're holding your tongue. I got your text about Tebow thing, but. It's still that, you know, Pittsburgh defense, I don't know what they were doing, but, you know, do you still feel that Tebow won that game, Gabriel? Do I still feel? <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, uh, since you guys have joined the EFL, the <laughs> Excuse Football League, right? What's uh, the EFL? The EFL, the Excuse Football League. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? Tebow played very well. He didn't play perfect. He played very well. Uh, the defense was exactly what you wanted them to do as far as what you were supposed to do to beat Tebow. Okay? So they crowded the line of scrimmage, made Tebow throw it in tight windows. Is that what you was asking for? Is that what Kansas City did to him? And he did exactly what they gave him. Okay? So, of course, yeah, he played very well, and he took what they gave him. And that's what a good quarterback is supposed to do. He's learning. He's still in the process of learning. I don't know how he'll play this weekend because uh, he's, he's he's young. 
but he's getting better. He's throwing the ball better. He's uh, he released the ball like his uh, like John Elway asked him to do to go ahead and pull the trigger. He did that, and he completed some nice balls. Uh, you can say what you want about Pittsburgh injuries. Every team at this point in the season has injuries, including the Broncos. Uh, they don't have one of their main guys out there on defense. Uh, they're, they're very thin at the running back position, the receiver position. Their receiver, Decker, got hurt uh, in the first couple of series of the game. And so we all can have excuses as far as injuries go. But the bottom line is Denver went out there and took that number one defense to task, scored on them, and took them behind the woodshed, really, and, uh, and, and won the game. So we can say anything we want about their injuries, but I'm just telling you, they took it. It's it's funny you say that, Aaron, too, because you guys, when you lost to Buffalo, and I keep hearing everybody talk about, well, they didn't have donkeys. You know, y'all was using an excuse for injury. Now y'all saying you can't say excuses about injury because um, Pixar had so many, but y'all was using excuses before. So why is now, every time when something happened, nobody wanted, when people had a bad game, nobody, oh, it was a defense or, um, the running back from the ball. Y'all making more excuses around him until saying, you know what, I heard you one time say he had a bad game. I said one it all time. last week. He played bad. The week before last, he didn't pull the trigger. He was afraid. To, the first time I saw his head down on the, on the sideline, uh, he, he did not play well. And when he doesn't play well, I'll tell you that. The first New England game, I thought he played pretty good. I was at that game. I thought he played pretty good. The defense didn't play real well. Of course, going against that uh, that offense of uh, New England, that's any tough for any uh, defense to do. Uh, but I didn't think they played well. But I tell you, if if he doesn't play well, then he doesn't play well uh, because he's a young quarterback. He's going to have his ups and downs. And 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 Denver doesn't win and lose be only because of Tebow. They win and lose because they're a good team. Uh, they weren't able to run the ball as effectively against Pittsburgh. Nobody could have when you stacked the line of scrimmage with 11 players. Uh, but they still got some pretty good favorable yards on a lot of the plays. And Tim Tebow was a part of that. He had 50 yards himself running the ball and sucking in James Harrison on the outside. And, uh, you know, he played a, a good game. And last sucking week. in Palomalu as well. And Palomalu. Uh, Palomalu was uh, lined up seven yards deep at some point. Uh, and, and a lot of the first downs because they had run the ball and they went away from their tendency in the overtime, which uh, sucked up the, the defense and he was able to throw it over their head and the guy made a nice little stiff arm play. And, you know, they won as a team. It wasn't all Tebow, of course, and it's never all Tebow, uh, uh, but it is some of him. Absolutely. Again, I think I, I like that. I like what you said. And people need to voice and understand that, that it's not all Tebow. Uh, Tebow didn't have anything to do with that defense when they stopped Roethlisberger and sacked him and you know made him fumble the ball. That's not Tebow. Yeah, Tebow is the quarterback of this football team, and that's it. Uh, the game is not on his shoulders. It's not going to be won or lost because of one player or one play. Yeah, and I guess that's where I'm getting that all caught up in. Where uh, what you said, there, I agree with you know, but everybody looking at it and Tebow getting all the credit every time. And he's not. You never once hear where, oh, where, um, like you say, Terry, the defense sack Rothenberg, you know. Oh, he's looking at, oh, Tebow threw that pass, you know, great pass, but wouldn't good. And that's what it is. Every week is what he's done, but every week is not what he's done. Right. He's done. And I, I understand that's what's making you angry, love, and, 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 and rightfully so. I mean, being a, you know, a student of the game, it's not one player. 
that's going to win or lose games. And it's not it's not Tebow's fault that this is going on. And I think we've talked about this numerous times on previous shows. It's it's the media that's that's doing this. I talked to a girl and yesterday. Yesterday I talked to a, a gal who's just this big, great, big Tebow fan, and and God loves Tebow. And I said, Oh, so Tebow's the only one God loves? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it gets it gets to the point to where it gets ridiculous. And you know, it does. It needs to stop. It needs to come to an end. And at some point in time, it will. But at the same time, we can't get on Tebow because of what the media or, or, or his fan base is saying. I mean, that's not that kid's fault. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. If you listen to Tebow, he says things as it relates to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, my team picked me up today. Uh, my team helps me to look better than what I am. Uh, those types of statements are what comes out of Tebow's mouth. So the media, you know, Tebow sells now, right now. So, of course, he's going to be on every sports outlet, everything. He's the number one selling jersey. I got a text last night saying that from the ESPN stating that uh, Tebow is the number one pro athlete in America, <laughs> not just football player, pro athlete. Voted by the, you know by the fans, so I mean you know it's it's so out of whack, but that's the way our country is. We go so overboard sometimes, but but that has nothing to do with Tim. Right. Tim is humble. Uh, I, I think Tim. I heard Herm Edwards put it good. He says, you know what? One thing about Tim Tebow that's not um, uh, common to most people when they receive this type of praise is that he eats a lot of humble pie. He is just a humble man. And so he's not buying into what the media or what the people are saying. And rightfully so, Galen, because this kid, is as good as he's doing, uh, we're going to have to look at some bad times he's going to have, and I think he's oh, aware yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. Know? He's had three weeks in a row, and this week he's gone back on top. So now the hype's back up again. Right. It'll be that way for him until he gets more consistent uh, playing the game when the game slows down a little bit more for him and when he has more reps under his belt. I mean, you know, it takes time to develop in this league. Like I've said several times on the show, it takes five years for a quarterback to develop. Yeah. And uh, he's only in year one, really. So. Yeah, but, but Terry, as, as Galen was saying, that he's trying to get a little humble. But see, Galen ain't saying every one of the weeks what Tebow <laughs> has done. All Galen, like, oh. Another text from Galen about Tebow love Tebow, you know, and and not only God love Tebow, but God love Galen too, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, he loves us all. He loves us all. Yeah. <laughs> but but what it is is like you say, um, Terry, that you know he's getting all his praise. Look at you would say today, and he's on the front page like he's this savior and all like that. Every every you know Galen and, and Terry, when the team is hot, they're hot no matter what. The quarterback dudes or running back or defense, things gonna happen. And right. it looks like that person that is amazing, you know. Yeah. But when realistic, it's just eleven people on the field, you know, it's playing together. That's all it is. Yeah. And and it is. I mean, it's a it's a team game. It's it's a team sport. It, it's not one person, and we don't have control over what these people do in the media. I mean. They've done and, 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 and said some astounding things, but we don't have control over that. And, and, and Tebow doesn't have control over that either. Uh, I, I think it's a shame to uh, think of him as some kind of messiah or, you know, uh, something silly like that. I mean, the guy has faith. We all have faith. Uh, he's in a platform to where he thinks his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on television, and everybody can see it. 
we thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at night uh, or in the morning or, or whenever we decide to do so. Uh, and, and everybody doesn't see that. That's that's it. I mean, that's all it is. And and, and I praise the kid. I, I think he's doing a good job with it. Uh, I feel bad for him because it's, it's not necessarily and I just hate, I would hate to see something happen to where the kid falls uh, while the media and the fans and, and, and everybody has him up on a pedestal like that. You don't praise a man. You know, you praise God. You don't praise a man. And, and that, that looks to be what a lot is going on. Hold on one second. Hold on, Gabe. I know you're on top. We got a caller line. Vanessa, you there? Yes, I am. How you doing, Jay? Very good. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine. A little cold in Atlanta, but I'm fine. <laughs> you got a question for the panel with us? Yeah, I don't know what I missed yet, but I do want to know a little bit about what is the Tebow phenomenon. I don't understand it. Well, we were just we were just talking about that a little bit, and and, and kind of. I mean, it's a media thing. Vanessa, it's not it's not Tim Tebow, and we can't blame Tim Tebow for what someone says about him or how much airtime he gets on ESPN or 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 in USA Today. That's not Tebow's fault. Um, people are looking for something, they're grasping for something, and it just so happens to be Tebow. Um, you know, Tebow wears his faith on his sleeve. Uh, he's in a a position to where he can again thank his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in, in, on national television. Uh, or every time he kneels down to pray on the sidelines, the camera is on him. Um, we do that at night or, or in the morning or when we decide to do so. So that's that's the thing, in my opinion, what's going on with, with, with Tebow. Okay. And, and, Vanessa, not only that, you, you have somebody who's been in the spotlight in the media from the time he got to Florida. Uh, he's won a couple of national championships, and then on his way out of there, they said he wasn't good enough to play, that he wasn't going to even get drafted within the days of the draft, and then he ends up going to Denver in the first round. And so everybody criticized what he couldn't do, and they continue to criticize what he can't do. And as he and he's continued to prove them wrong time after time, it just becomes more and more... Um, uh, it's sensationalized, and it's just become what it is today. And, and the media has a lot to do with that. Uh, and the people don't want to see him succeed. I had a friend uh, tell me this weekend that uh, no matter what Tim Tebow does, he can win two Super Bowls if he wants to. He ain't going to never like them because he's a phony. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. wow. So, I mean, you know, uh, the guy doesn't have a chance with people like that and because they don't, you know, they just don't want to like him. And then they have people that go so bo- overboard that he's a savior, you know, which is silly, you know. So it's just a, he's in a bad situation, so to speak. And, and you know, he's not a, he's a man. He's he's not perfect. He's going to make mistakes. And as soon as he makes mistakes, he'll be criticized to the hilt as well. So. Oh, okay. Thank you for that perspective. I just didn't, I hadn't heard of his name, and it just seemed like it came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have been listening to the media. I think he is doing a good thing by repetition. Um, representing God, mm-hmm. but I do know that in the past there's been other players that kneel down on their knees. I was wondering what the difference was. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're talking about. There is no difference. Uh, it just happens to be Tim Tebow, and and you take all of the uh, the things that Galen talked about as far as him winning championships and coming out and getting drafted to a team who claimed they didn't need a quarterback. Um, I mean, it, it, you put it all together, and that's what we have. Oh, okay. Right, I have another well, question. Um, well, you what do you think that Mike Vick is feeling right now? Vanessa, hold on. Let's take a break. Let's okay. take a commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll get your other questions. Is that all right, guys? Yep. yep. All right. 
This is Jay Lovin, host of Lovin' That Sports Talk. I got co-host Terry Jackson. We got our Tebow expert, Galen Jackson, one of my best friends. And we got Vanessa Calls from Atlanta on the line. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Like I say, we got a lot of great callers calling in, great questions. But before we left for the break, Vanessa from Atlanta, are you still there? Yes, I am. Go ahead, shoot, Vanessa. We can't wait to hear your next question. You guys, <laughs> like. Let me proceed this conversation with saying that I'm a diehard Falcons fan, and I love Matt Ryan. I think he's a great quarterback, but I can say we miss Vic, Vic, um, Michael Vick in this area. So I was just wondering what you all think that Michael Vick is feeling right now after this season. Well, what I this Terry, what I feel Michael Vick is feeling is that um, he's happy where he's at, and next year is going to be uh, something else for Philadelphia. They've got a um, they've got a great team, and they own that division. Um, they went four and one in that division, so I think he's sitting very very good right now um and I, I don't think that he's thinking about atlanta and that that's my opinion but i i think michael vick is sitting pretty right now okay Vanessa, this is galen uh, i played for the falcons in uh 89 and 90 and so you know that's my team and um you know i think for michael vick i mean he i think he realized he made the mistake 
uh, he's he's happy for the opportunity he has in uh, Philadelphia, and he's doing a wonderful job there. And probably the growth, his growth as a quarterback the last couple of years, part of what he's gone through since he's left Atlanta. And then I think Matty Ice is a good, good quarterback. Uh, the, the Falcons as a team aren't there yet, you know. I mean, uh, for them to put up two points on, on the board this past weekend was very, very frustrating. But, you know, Matt Ryan is still maturing as a quarterback. Um, you know, they couldn't run the ball effectively. They, I mean, a lot of the problems that they had this weekend had to do with their offensive line. They couldn't even get a yard, half a yard, for a first down. And that, you know, the, Matty Ice can't do nothing about that right there but hand the ball off and hope the line uh, creates some movement. But that didn't happen for him. And so uh, it was disappointing to see that. Uh, they they need to address some of the line issues on both sides of the ball because they only have really one pass rusher on defense, and then uh, but they're getting there and they're just not quite there yet. Okay, well, well, Atlanta all versus all I got to say on this is uh, we'll see next year. Okay, I'm not gonna, you know, Matty is a good quarterback, Vanessa. I, I think yeah. he, can, he can do it. I think he can do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, thanks for calling in. Uh, feel free to call back in every week and uh, give us uh, your questions and what you think about it. Okay. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Oh, you guys. guys have a good day. Uh, thanks. You too. Thank you. Guys, we got another. We got two callers on this line. We got Rhonda and Desiree. Are you guys there? Yes, we're here. Can you hear us? Yes. 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 Hi. We're, we love your show, James. Thank you. Thank you. I have two questions. My question, and this is Rhonda, I just don't understand why you um, don't like Tebow, so that's my first question. And uh, Desiree, she has a question, too. Hi. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, you know, I just want to know, I have two questions. I just want to know why everyone hates Tim Tebow, because he's religious, <laughs> at least it seems that way. I mean, like, it's bad that he's religious. I mean, we can all say the Pledge of Allegiance and say under God but and be okay with it, but, yeah, it's not okay to be for him to be religious. So I'm just wondering what your, what your input is about that. Well, my thing is, let me get my thing out of the way, is I don't hate people. You know, I don't like all the hype because um, as Galen and Terry know, you have to work. And I'm opposed to a, as a rookie coming in and getting all the hype when you have a 10-year vet is out there busting his butt and not getting all the hype and thrill like Tebow is, and he's out there getting all this hype, and he might make one play, and you got a vet out there busting their butt, you know, for the rest of it. So that's my – another thing is because Galen like him, Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's my point on Tebow. It's not that I don't despise him as a player. It's that the 10-year vet that I don't like that's out there busting their butt in the defense and he's getting all the glory in the headlines because that's all it is in sports is the headline. Mm-hmm. So, guys, you guys want to ask the other question? Oh, I'm sorry. That was it. But I don't, he, I'm not a fan of him. I just was curious. I'm actually, you know, a big fan of Troy Palomalo. That's my man. Okay. Both Steelers. I don't care if they're not in the playoffs anymore, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say right. that. Right. Guys, you want to answer our other question? Well, I think, and in, in, I'm going to answer the, the Tebow thing. It's not that I dislike Tebow. I don't dislike him. I, I think he's a great guy. I think it's the twists and the turns that, you know, some of the fans put on on the Tebow thing. They, you know, I, that's what I dislike. Um, Tebow's a rookie. He's, he, he's got a ways to go, and I think he's going to get better as a, as a passer. And, 
yeah, it's going to be scary to see what he does next year uh, after he has a training camp under his belt and, and, and a little more experience. I don't know how how much farther they're going to go in the playoffs, but I mean, this kid is is gaining a wealth of knowledge right now at this point uh, in his career, and he's only going to get better. But as far as disliking him, I, I don't think it's a dislike. I think the fans and, and some of the people get it twisted, um, and, and they're trying to make something out of it that it's not. And Jaylen, can you th- talk about that religious thing? Yeah, yeah. I think he's a polling rising figure just because he wears his faith on his sleeve, and and so uh, people don't either. People are going to like it. That would be the Christians who side with them, or people are going to dislike it, and that would be people who don't like people to throw their religion and um, people's religion in their face. And so uh, they get highly upset about it, and so uh, they expect him to be a phony, a fake, and all these types of things. And he hasn't, um, uh, he himself has just professed God and and praises his his Lord and Savior. Uh, People don't like that, and so that's why he, I guess, is the reason why he's taking a lot of criticism as well as praise. So, uh, you know, it's going to go both ways. Um, and, and the Bible actually says that really, too. So, hey, he, I think he's a big enough man to, to carry it. I mean, he's had a lot of pressure going into this game, uh, and he performed to top notch, um, played the best game probably he played all year. So he's somebody who can carry that to, by, because he has such great faith. So, Any other questions, Desiree or Rhonda? No, you guys answered them. I think that's it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Thank you guys for calling in and call back in next week, too. Okay. I'll have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. <clears throat> hey guys, we got another caller online, Mike D'Angelo. Are you there, Mike? I'm here. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm hanging in there, man. Let me yeah. first of all say, uh, God is in a blessing business, and people have been blessed. You know, anybody that believes in God shall have everlasting life. Because that game should have been over with. There was only six men on the line of scrimmage, which made the play totally illegal. You know, but it's not illegal if you don't get caught. <laughs> the people have been lucky so far. He beat my Bears. I'm a Bears fan. Um, he beat my Bears on a prayer. You know, so I know that God's in the blessed business. Me too. I'm a Christian also. And I know you are, Jimmy, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,. I'm telling you, man, this cat's been unbelievable blessed because he's got talent. That, that's not the problem. You know, it's just that, uh, you know, his faith, and anybody that's got faith will know that God's in a blessing business. This man is blessed, you know, because if a lot of quarterbacks can't do what Tim Tebow do for him to be in his second year, you know. So uh, I'm just hoping that... uh we could beat them. I hate that we sent uh, our, our backup quarterback to Denver and then they sent him to Kansas City. That really hurts me. You know, should have been a way around that. But anyway, I'm here to say Tebow got lucky. But I think they just shot they were. They, they won't be going past that. I'm an NFC man myself, you know. Yeah. I can care less. But I think Pittsburgh was the better team. And uh, they rightfully so deserve to be there too. But we well, might have more. Two things. One, you know, I um, praise you and bless you for calling the show. And two, don't call in on my show talk about no bears. 
<laughs> don't don't do that again, Mike. All right. <laughs> you know we love our bears here in the shy, man. Come on, man. I can put a price tag on the bears. You know, but uh, we'll be okay because we've made some changes too. And uh, in the future, getting rid of the McCaskies would have been the best thing overall for them to sell the team. Maybe we could get some real talent in here. You know, but uh, they've been scrapping. We've been lucky in our backs, uh, in our secondary for years because we haven't had a secondary. But uh, it's those guys on that line and those secondary guys, those linebackers. That's the only reason Chicago ever in the playoffs. And, I mean, come on, one game, we're there, and we couldn't win one out of five. So, you know, something was wrong. Something was wrong with that. You know, so anyway, I enjoy your show. <laughs> and uh, you will be hearing from me every week. I will add my comments. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, and, you uh, called me and Mike, and we'd love to have you on the show. Thank you. It's right. a blessing to be able to talk to somebody that understands that the Bears will be number one next year. <laughs> <laughs> I already told you, Mike, don't be calling on that show about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Philly fans are not getting too mad at me. No, they're not. <laughs> Thanks for calling me, Mike. You have a blessed day. Let somebody talk to you, Jimmy. Talk to you later. All right. Well, guys, you know, when Mike brought up a point, Terry and um, Galen, why do they get rid of the general manager and all that? And when, You know, I don't understand it. They're not the ones that's playing the game. Well, what team are you talking to specifically? Well, I just see a lot of teams. They get fired a general manager, you know, and, and they get rid of – because the players they're bringing, they're not putting them on the field, right? Go ahead, Terry. Well, no. I mean, they're not. I mean, players play the game. It, it, you know, it's just like the guys could not get a fourth and one for Atlanta. That's not the coach's fault. Um, you got to get out there and play the game. I mean, do I think it was a right or wrong call? It, it just depends on the time of the game and, and what you got to do. They were down. They needed to score. They needed to move the chains. He was trying to move the chains. Um, no, they don't play, and the players play. The players have to play the game. Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, I imagine that there's some um, front office stuff that needs to be done, needs to be taken care of. Uh, some people probably don't need to be there for whatever reasons, but that, I don't think, affects the game. You know, unless you're talking about draft choices and, and, and going out and trying to get talent in there, you know. But when you're out there on the line and you're playing football in between the lines, the players have to play the game and make the plays ultimately. Definitely they have to make the plays, but it's up to that general manager, player, personnel guy to bring in the right players. Yeah. And so the, whatever they choose to bring in is what the coach puts out there on the field to play. And if they're not... Uh, if their scouting department is not scouting properly and getting the players in there so that the coach can be successful, the organization can be successful, then they need to go. So uh, they have a big they have a big say in who comes in there and the talent that they bring in there, and you know uh, it, it makes and breaks the organization. If you bring in good players but bad uh, uh, PR guys, people who don't have uh, good um, social skills are not good people, then that's going to make your team look bad. Mm-hmm. And if you bring in guys who uh, don't have no talent, but they bring only that, 
that's not going to be good because you have a loser. So there's a fine line between both of those right there, and a general manager needs to know uh, what they are and then draft and bring in players accordingly. You know, we're going to take another break, and we'll come back. we got some other questions. So yeah, you guys hold that thought, and then we'll be right back. You know, ready? James Loving, both of them sports stuff. Cool, Sarah Jackson, and I, Galen Daxton, Tebow expert. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving by host and Loving That Sports Talk. We have co-host Terry Jackson. Is that T? I'm here. And we got Gaylen Daxton. Gaylen, I know you there. You called in before the show started today. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I forgot to, uh, before the, we go on with the questions and answers, I forgot to that Sean Wiggins, a uh, good friend of ours, you know, um, played with Cleveland and Cincinnati. He owns a jersey store in Castle, Wyoming. And he told me, guys, Next week, we have all callers call in, and they predict the two teams that's in the Super Bowl and the score, he would donate a jersey of the player they want for that team that wins. So what we're going to have is we're going to have callers next week call in, and they predict what teams and what score, guys. So, all right? That sounds good. 
So he'll be donating at com in Castle Wyoming. So that's going to be good. You know, have the calls come in. We're going to get the prediction of who they think will be in the Super Bowl, and they got to have a score that comes close to what it is. So to throw that out there for you guys. So there's going to be a lot of callers next week. Hey, do I get to, do, do I get to guess? Yeah, we get, we we all get to guess too. We have a little panel for ourselves, guys. Nice. Me, you, and Terry, where we have what we think in the score. Then the the losers, the other two, have to pay for the dinner and one of the win gets. Is that a good deal? <laughs> okay, that sounds good. There we go. There we go. Put that on there with us. But um, but with that break, guys, you brought up brought up a good point. You know, uh, I think you brought it up, Terry, uh, when we was talking about GM. But they fired the coach for the Raiders. Go ahead and spend on that. Well, I just, you know, I mean, we don't know what's going on in, in, in the front offices because we don't see that. But I just don't get how you can just come into an organization and be the new general manager and say, okay, well, I'm going to bring in all of my guys um, and, and I'm going to fire the guy that, that was here, even though that guy's got these players uh, playing well, number one, for the Raiders, and they know what kind of coach he is. Um, he he hasn't he hadn't been there for you know very long at all. I don't know if this was his first year or or, or, or his second year, but I mean, I thought he was a heck of a coach. I I, I really liked the way he you know he, he put the team out there uh, in, in the media, and and, and I thought I thought he he talked well about the team, um, and he took blame when when he was supposed to. Um, so I I don't get that. I don't get that firing. Yeah, I was sort of perplexed about it as well. I. You know, I mean, like you said, Terry, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes. I know that uh, the Raiders were at the top or close to the top few in penalty yards again this year and, you know, some things like that. Uh, the only things that we can see is that that we can see on TV. But, you know, I don't know why McKenzie decided to go in a, in a different direction. Uh, but he has his reasons, whether it's because he wanted to bring his own guy in and and someone who has the same type of thinking that he does or not, uh, but whatever it is, uh, they decide to move in a different direction. And I thought the coach was a good coach as well. I liked him, yeah. uh, at least what he portrayed on, on, on in the media. And, right. and so I, I wish that he wouldn't have, but um, he may get another opportunity somewhere else. But isn't that what I was just saying earlier, Galen, Terry, that you're getting these GMs that get fired and all like that, they're not the ones that, you know, on that field plan, but what you guys saying that this guy got a bad deal in the Raiders, the coach, it's the same thing on terms of GM. You know, why they can push out and get these players on the field. Hey, you can't tell me when, uh, and Terry, that when they went and got um, Russell for LSU, that, you know, they didn't think he was going to be the way he was, a bust. You know, so you got to sit there and fight that guy because, you know, but what he did on the field in college, you're like, hey, but it's different than, you know, Right, and, and you never can tell. I mean, it's it's all it's a gamble. I mean, even with players, you know, look at what happened to Roethlisberger a few years ago. He got in that motorcycle accident. Uh, he was he was doing this. He was doing that off the field. Um, you never know what these guys are going to do. Um, so you go out and you draft the best talent you can because you can't predict either, and and you go with that. And I don't, I can't imagine that being in professional football and you're a general manager of a team ahead of scouting or whatever it is that, that, that your title is and that you've got to go out and do, that you're going to do a poor job of it. Um, you gotta, you know, you got to go with the draft picks that you've got, number one, and your job is to go out there and find talent. Uh, you obviously 
uh, are, are pretty decent at it. So I, I just can't have a hard time thinking that somebody's going to go out and draft a bunch of people or get a bunch of people on that team that are, aren't no good or, or a bust. I, that, that I have a hard time believing. Well, I think they go into the process understanding what they want, what they like, what type of personalities they like, what type of talent they're looking for. And when that do- talent doesn't come to fruition out on the field, then they have to pay the consequences just like a coach, just like a player. And so there shouldn't be any different standard for them as it is for anybody else on the professional ranks. And so, uh, you know, I mean, if you're not, if you're not bringing in the, 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 the correct coaches, the correct pay players to fit the system that you have in place, then you need to go somewhere else, you know. I think it's more perplexing when someone comes in, a, high, a new, uh, general manager comes in and wipes out the whole organization and brings their own folks. I mean, yeah. that's a little bit more perplexing than than having a general manager fired. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think what happened in Indianapolis was fair with those general managers? Because if you have your main quarterback go down, and that's who was running your team, why would you fire the GM? Well, obviously the owner Ursay and and. Uh, the general manager had a difference in agreement. They, they had they had a difference in where they want to take the team, and the owner's going to win that every time. Yeah. I mean, the owner he owns the team. He can do whatever he wants to do with the team, and the general manager uh, can't tell him any differently. I mean, you know. Uh, so well, when you got Peyton Manning making all the money, you don't have any money to pay anybody else. I mean, come on now. No, they do have money to pay him, Terry. Uh, Andrew Luck and all that. They do have the money. Yeah, but but they don't have anyone but but Peyton. Their, their star quarterback is gone, which wiped out that whole entire team. They won one game or two games. I don't remember two. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Just because you lose your quarterback, as as competitive as you guys are, why should why, why is that the most important thing on your team, which wipes your whole team out for the rest of the year? It shouldn't be that way. Well, I mean, if you look at it, that's a very important position on the field. Uh, but like you said, I mean, they shouldn't go from a playoff team to a 2-14 and 14 team, you know. So I, I don't know if that's a rightful cleaning out the closet thing or not, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, when you got it seems like they got all their eggs in one basket. I just don't see how they could have uh, they could have went from that to what they did this year. I mean, that that has some questions to it. And yeah, but with the coming this, so if you get a Tampa Bay team, that the year before they go 10-6 and six and almost make the playoffs, then the next year they go 4-12, and 12, you fire the coach over one year? I mean, are they going to be bad seasons? I mean... Yeah, you're going to have it, but that's I guess that's why they call it, you know, coaching. I mean, but look at the pool that, that they have to... To draft from, I mean, as far as NFL coaches, I think they're struggling to find people to coach teams. Um, they're talking about pulling um, Wade Phillips from Texas to coach. Um, you know, they're just having a hard time finding coaches. So I don't know why they're. It's, it's a, you know, let's let's clear everything out and let's start from scratch. I don't know if that's the answer. A lot of teams seem to be doing that. Yeah, I don't think it's always the answer as well. I mean, you know. Uh, in Tampa Bay, I don't understand that firing, but I mean, I guess there were some issues there that maybe we don't know about. I don't know. <clears throat> some of it, they just, you know, people don't want to be patient. It's a, you know, they want the, the product to be a, a, a playoff team now. 
if they don't get it now, then they, you know, take some drastic measures, I guess. I, I don't understand everything about professional sports, but it just seems to be a little bit uh, out of control. Yeah. Big money, though. That's a lot of money out there, so, you know, somebody's got to pay. And, and you know what, Terry? Uh, I got uh, to correct you on something. I don't know what it is about you um, not liking Wade Phillips. I think Wade Phillips is a good thing because you feel that he can do a good job at Dallas. He's a great coach, and you can see that over at Houston. Am I right, Terry? Yeah, I didn't say anything bad about Wade Phillips. What I'm saying is is that why did they let him go to Texas to be an assistant coach? Is that This is my thought. If they're going to pull him after a year and, and, and put him back up uh, – Put him back at a head coaching position. Why didn't they fire that coach then and say, "Hey, Wade Phillips, why don't you come over and coach?" I mean, I'm 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 saying that in an aspect of these teams are clearing out their coaches and they're and they're trying to redo their front offices, and now they're they're going out and they're pulling these coaches. Wade Phillips did a great job with Texas, okay, and 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 he's still doing a great job there. Why why the Texas doesn't want to lose him? I'm sure. You know. Hey, hey Love, I'm gonna have to disagree with you a little bit because I, I agree. He, I don't think that uh, Wade Phillips is the head coach. He he's done outstanding as a defensive coordinator, and every time you talk about him doing something outstanding, it's when he's a defensive coordinator. He's had three opportunities to be a head coach: it was Denver, Buffalo, and then Dallas recently. And now they're talking about you know him going to another team to be a head coach. Well. I don't think so. Give somebody else a chance. He's had three opportunities and wasn't successful in any of those three opportunities. And I don't think he'll be successful again. I just don't think he's the head coach material, just like North Turner. I don't know how he cooed him in San Diego, but he got to stay. But, again, he's not a head coach. He's a defense coordinator, and he's good at that role. Stay there. What's wrong with that, Galen? What's wrong with being a defensive coordinator? Nothing wrong. If that's what your job did, 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 and you do it well. He does What's it well. wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. It's huh. great. Yeah, you, you know, guys, we got a call on the line. Chef Santa, are you there? <laughs> Hello? Hello. <laughs> Chef, how you doing? Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you today? All right. What's your take on this? What's my take on it? Yes. Well, I heard you talking about Wade Phillips or uh, being a coach or something like that. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get uh, uh, too much what y'all were saying because we are cooking. <laughs> of course, you know Chef Sanders always doing something. <laughs> so I know Wade Phillips loves to eat. I know that much. But <laughs> if you if you refer to Wade Phillips, however, uh, his is this is that his son who who uh who's a, who's one of the coaches for the uh, Texans? Well, that that is Wade Phillips. Bum Phillips is the older guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you and you referring to is uh, Wade Phillips still uh, have the ability to to uh, to uh, coach? Right. Right. He definitely have the ability to coach. As a head coach or a defense coordinator? Head coach. Why is that? Because he he understands the fundamentals that made the NFL the, what what it is today. Yeah. 
I would agree with you. Yeah, he. I think he coached good fundamental defense. He does coach that, and that's why his defenses are so successful because he doesn't make it hard for the players. To, they don't have to go out there and think about things, and so they can just react when they see it, and they can play at 100%. I do agree with that, but I don't think he can get that whole point across to his whole team when he's not in the coordinator position and being a head coach. I just think he's an outstanding, probably one of the best defensive coordinators out there, but he's already failed three times as a head coach, and I just don't think that he has that in him. Well, yeah, because you, uh, uh, he's using his expertise in one area, so he can pinpoint and he can concentrate more on that on that defense instead of the whole uh, uh, picture of of all the positions and all that, making sure um, 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 everybody is on the same page. Yes, he probably will be more effective as a defensive. Coach, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, you know, I, I just have a hard time with it. When, when he was in Dallas and, and the Dallas Cowboys were, were going to win the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl was going to be held in the brand-new, big, gigantic, billion-trillion-dollar stadium and, you know, the Cowboys were already in the Super Bowl and they had all this talent and everything like that. And I just don't feel that he got them to to play where was the drive where the, I mean they were already put in the Super Bowl because they were talented I I, I think that uh, you know I, I that that kind of taints me a little bit with Wade as far as being a head coach but you can't argue uh, his defensive coaching ability I think he's a great um, defensive coordinator mm-hmm. I think that the the Dallas was just overrated I mean I think they I mean maybe on paper they look good to me not even on paper they didn't look that good. They had some positions that were good, but I don't think they had the team in place to 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 go to the Super Bowl that year. No, they had three players on offense, mm-hmm. four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they but you, you look at Des Bryant; he was a rookie, brand new. Um, and then you had this this unknown Miles Austin who comes out and and, and does a great job here before. So you got Miles, mm-hmm. you got supposedly Des, you got Witten and, and Romo. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they just. They, they they were probably overrated. They did probably look decent on paper, but the yeah. media had them in there, just like they got Tebow, the yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about that game is what I like what you said. On paper, you know, they were overrated, mm. you know, and it's going to take, you know, Terry ain't going to believe that, but he felt that year they should have went to a Super Bowl. But on paper, a team could look so good. Look at the Eagles this year. On paper, they looked like they was great and they was overrated, you know. Am I right? Uh, I don't think that uh, Dallas has ever been as talented as Eagles were this year, except for back in the day when they had all those guys. They were outstanding. But I'm just talking about here over the recent history. The Dallas has never had that type of talent that that the uh, Eagles have had this past season and going into next year. Uh, Dallas, they're not even close to that. No. Yeah, but Galen and Terry, I know what, what the Eagles had on paper with all the talent people they had. But sometimes it don't take that much talent like that to win it. You know, most of the time it don't. I mean, look back in the days when I said the Lakers had Kobe, uh, Shaq, they had got um, Gary Payton, they had got, um, you know what I'm talking about, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. I like, oh, my God, they're going to run through people. Mm -hmm. Just because you had that much talent on there don't mean when you just have a team like Baltimore and they had a media quarterback like Trent Differ, you know? 
Yeah, but I mean, and the same thing with, I mean, look at the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get Dwayne Wade and you get LeBron James on one team. Uh, oh, they're going to win multiple championships. Well, you got to play together. I mean, you, you can't substitute and, and, and relax thinking that the other guy is going to do it or, or this person is going to get us here. And, and I think you have to gel as a team. And I don't, I don't, I don't think they did, but boy, I'll tell you what, that Eagles offense is, is, is terrible. I mean, it's going to be something else next defense. year. And, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm the NFC East. They're going to own the NFC East. I hate to say that because, love, I don't like that. But I'm trying to be honest. Uh, we're scared of them, obviously. Jerry Jones even said that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to handle the Eagles. They're too quick. They're too fast. If Deshaun Jackson can, can keep his head about him and, and, and go as business, and if they pay him, you know, and keep his mouth shut, I think they're gonna they're gonna do well because as as Deshaun Jackson and and Michael Vick go, the Eagles go. Mm-hmm. I agree with Terry too. And also, uh, you know, it takes time for a team to gel. And so you notice towards the end of the season, that's when Philly started to gel. And and so you know, at the beginning of the season, they weren't. This was the first time they ever played together, and so it took a while to get that together. But and then Michael Vick was hurt on and off during the course of the season. But towards the end of the season, when they got it together, that's when they jailed. And and the one thing about basketball, when you made the analogy with uh, Miami, again, you play a lot more games than you do in the NFL, and so they were able to jail during the season, and then they were able to ride uh, that team chemistry into the playoffs, and, and mm-hmm. they actually made it a lot farther than most people thought. And yeah. they actually became a really good team towards the end of the year with Miami. And this year, I, I don't think there's nobody's going to beat them. Yeah, I don't want my time to get cut short, but what I like for us to do, I like for us to pick who we think we're going to Super Bowl and then like the score for this week. Or do you think we should wait till next week when everybody picks? They won't be doing our. Well, yeah, let's wait till next week. But uh... yeah, let's wait till next. But I do want to say something, Terry. When you said that about the Eagles and you scared them, I'm gonna replay this over and over. I love that. Part. <laughs> yeah, you listen to that part. and you just yeah, that's the on the part. back, okay? That's but I mean, I, hey, love. I'm being real. I'm a Cowboys fan to heart, but. You know, until they start playing with some consistency, until they can start winning some games in December, they're gonna they're gonna fall short. Um, and 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 I think they're gonna get better. Uh, that's just the thing. You know, New York is there. New York is gonna do well. Philly's gonna improve. Dallas is gonna improve. Washington, I, I'm gonna count them out. I don't think they're going anywhere. But we're gonna get better. How much better is 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 yet to be seen. So, you know, what are you saying, Galen? Who's gonna get better? Oh, I think Philly uh, should be picked to win that division and one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl next year just because of the talent. Now, the only thing that's going to hold them back is that defense. I mean, they they still need to get a, a little bit better on defensive end of the ball. Uh, but uh, They also got to protect Michael Vick, Galen. Yeah, and protect that Michael Vick. That can't keep taking yeah, like that. Protecting Michael Vick will be imperative for them as well. So, I mean, they just uh, I think they'll have a good shot at it next year. Uh, Dallas, I don't think are they're not there yet. I think defensively is where they struggle mostly uh, because they give up too many points down the stretch, and you know they have Demarcus Ware, Ware who is outstanding um, defensive player, but I think they need to improve on that side of the ball before they can even be talked about with the Giants and with the Eagles. I'm, I'm glad, though, still glad that Terry said that little piece, you know, right there. You don't know how hard that was for him, Gavin, to say that. <laughs> but that's okay, love, because I'm still going to be rooting for my team, and I'm going to be against you every every chance. And it's not going to be no truce either. 
That means I ain't gonna have no truth with Galen either with Tebow, right? <laughs> hey, you know what? Tebow is gonna—he's maturing, man. I know you hate to hear that, but you said he wasn't the quarterback, and and so did uh, um, Erlacher and lots of other people. They're supposed to be these so-called experts, and uh, hey, he's sort of proving them wrong because of his work ethic and his faith uh, in his team and himself and his God. Okay, win or lose, uh, uh, Tebow. And uh, and and Brady, who's gonna win that game? Ooh, man! You know, I mean, it's I mean, you, it's easy to say Tom Brady and New England just because of that offense that New England has, but their defense is so pitiful that it gives the Broncos a chance to stick around. And if the Broncos mm-hmm. don't turn the ball over, and then if they can run the ball and keep Brady off the field, they have a Big, big opportunity to, to get another win this weekend. They do, because John Fox is going to play position football. Mm-hmm. But I guys, think... we, only, we only got one minute left, but, okay. you know, next week, like I said, guys, we have a bunch of callers. We're going to do the call-in for the prediction and give a jersey for the Super Bowl, and we have more callers on the line that are going to ask questions, so guys, get ready. Okay. All righty. And Gavin, I hope to God that T-Bow do good as we come and blow you up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what, man? He's taking them a lot further than uh, what anybody suspected he would. So, Well, thanks again, guys. You know, um, co-host Terry Jackson, I'm going to replay what he said about the Eagles over and over. <laughs> and take another guest, Galen, Tebow, Daxter. It's another loving that sports talk, and we'll see you guys next week. Keep calling in. See y'all. Take care. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.